0: on this week's episode of the we've seen that podcast we watched dirty dancing i'm
1: anthony and i'm jim
0: Cut the music. We're back. And that means if you're hearing at least Jim and I's voice, we survived Scott's bachelor party
1: last weekend. Um, Scott's not here to know whether or not he's actually even going to make it to his wedding is what it seems to be.
0: That's true. I mean, we just lost him, you know, somewhere in Green Bay and we're kind of just rolling till we hear from him. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it was a great time. You know, everybody had a good time. I think Scott had a good time, which is the most important part. Um, And yeah, better yet, we survived. (sighs) Almost, though, Jim, a fucking live shooter at the same casino we were at the night before.
1: Yeah, that was terrifying.
0: Holy shit. That news was just breaking at whatever time. It was like 730 Saturday night. We were all just kind of chilling and we're like, oh, my God.
1: (laughs) That was a close call. Like, yeah, that was scary. But on better news, you and, I forget his name, your teammate, had the best round of golf that morning.
0: Yes, we did. His name was Austin. Um, Pardon me for not knowing your last name, but I don't know if you want it released to the netherworld anyway. Um, But, yeah. You guys fucking tore it up is what it seems like. We did. We shot two over par. I think that was pretty well in the lead from what I remember. But, yeah, I couldn't complain. He was a good partner. Um, I got my big self-created golf tournament with like a bunch of high school buddies that's tomorrow so now i gotta win that one but i i don't know dude i went out today or sorry not today i went to the range yesterday and fucking i don't know it was bad it was not great so my confidence is a little wavered at the moment I was riding high seen- from last weekend, and now
1: it's just like, <laughs> oh, God, I don't know. See, see now the first round out, or like, well, it's not even your first round, but you've peaked for the year. I might it's have. It's downhill from here, It again. really is.
0: You hit that one point as an amateur golfer. It's like you're either your first round of the year, which is good, or like you kind of build up and you have a couple good times in a row, and then, yeah, every time you go after that is just too much. It just fucking
1: sucks. Yeah, it's just Scott too much. Scott and I shot a plus 14, and I'm not even mad about it. I'm a terrible golfer. So a plus 14 on nine holes is really good for me. There you go. That's the best
0: part. At least everybody had fun, I think. Um, Yeah, that was a neat course. I I would definitely
1: golf there again. Is that like you have been there before a few times? That was my second time there. Uh, I think last time we did 18. And then an an additional time they have uh, simulators there, which was a lot of fun. We did that during COVID stuff when they were limiting people and it was like fall. So weather was kind of shitty.
0: I was doing some like half-ass research on their website and i saw they had yeah like three or four simulators that that'd be fun to do like even in the winter and shit i'm sure they have it you can
1: well it it keeps you warmed up throughout the off season right you know i i've said that i'm gonna go in because there's a simulator down by me too i've said i'm gonna go in and do it like over the winter and then i just never end up doing it but i really should because it's it's what's gonna help you not get rusty over the off season oh exactly
0: yeah i wish i don't know i'm sure there's somewhere here in lacrosse that would have you know a simulator you could probably go hit in especially like that would help you like when you're getting fitted for clubs and stuff but i just don't know if there's anywhere you can go and actually just play like that um so yeah that'd be pretty neat to have something like that around here so yeah it was a neat course
1: and a lot of fun when you can crank through 18 holes pretty quick right because there's no searching for your ball when it's off in the rough you know there's no driving to and from everyone's ball you just magically appear <laughs> at it, which is what I really need when I'm on the real golf course.
0: Right. It's like playing the video game, but you're actually, you know, it's like the best version of VR golf, I think essentially, exactly. you know, you actually have to hit it. So, you know, you might not just hit it perfectly because this is the feedback like pretty accurate. You'd feel
1: like if you were
0: doing it or is it a little
1: on your long game? I would say, yeah, on putting, it's a little weird yeah. because like they, they have a spot on the ground which is 10 feet from the the big screen right and then they say okay that's 10 feet well what if your putt's only five right you know it's kind of weird i don't know how the thing picks it up or i know that you can give it a gimme setting where like if it's less than 10 feet then it's just in Mm. you know right Um, i I don't remember that because scott had done it before when we went and i never had so i didn't pay close enough attention to that sure the coolest thing is you can golf like real golf courses from anywhere like around the world and that's sweet yeah that would be a blast see i gotta i gotta get on that because i'm never gonna golf like
0: fucking pebble beach or any of those you know super famous courses but like through the
1: virtual you know way that'd be the way to do it um well and we did a playlist even it was 18 holes and it was the most popular hole one of all the pga courses and then the most popular hole two of all the pga courses so, like, it was a different course every hole, and it was the greatest hits of all the holes that everyone always talks about.
0: That's really cool. Yeah, something I would even think you could think of. Yeah, but that makes a lot of sense that they'd be able to fire something like that up seamlessly, you know? God, that's sweet. Right, right. Fuck. Now I'm jealous. Now I want to do that. <laughs> but, yeah, so anyway, I got a big golf tournament tomorrow, but like I said, after yesterday's performance, I'm not feeling too hot and there's... You got the bad strokes out yesterday, man. Well, that's, what I... that's what you got to tell <laughs> so yourself. So I said. My partner and I went just for like a quick practice, yeah. And, and he hit it pretty good, so that made me feel good. And then I was just, you know, my drives were okay, but yeah, everything else was just like a little off. So hopefully, yeah, I just get the bad mojo out and we can just ride to the victory tour tomorrow. Um, Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. It'd be a, probably a lot yeah, of I'm jealous. booze involved again for the second weekend in a row. Ugh. Oh, darn yeah oh darn now until (laughs) afterwards what i feel like on sunday it's just like yeah. tomorrow afternoon and sunday are gonna be rough aren't they yes it's gonna be terrible at least we're all teeing off early. like the first tee times at nine there's 16 of us so afterwards we're going back to a buddy's house and we're gonna grill out and stuff and hang out maybe go to the local bar and stuff like that so
1: that's sweet yeah that's gonna be a good time it'll be a
0: good time so i'm excited but um But yeah, enough of that, Uh, kind of venting to the people about our our weekends and stuff. Um, (laughs) We'll kind of jump right into what we're watching. I haven't heard anything from Scott. I think he's just packing and picking up clothes.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're moving apparently, right? So that's the wild thing, you know? They got to get everything out of that place. Right, God, I hate moving so much having done it in the last six months i never realized how much like shit
0: i have yeah every time it just surprises me it's like i i don't feel like i ever buy that much stuff within like you know the two years you're living somewhere or something but yeah it's like every time i go to move
1: then it's like how the fuck did i get all this stuff
0: i don't remember well it's (laughs)
1: like the baffling thing was is angie and i were in a thousand square foot apartment and somehow we filled a house yeah right to one degree or another other than, say, like, bedroom furniture, because we only had one bedroom. Yeah. But, like, we had enough junk to fit in a house. Like, that's, that's terrifying. It just tells you all you need to know about.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I bet I have enough stuff to fill a fucking house just myself. You know? It's ridiculous. Not that to count the stuff that's still stashed at my parents because they only live 20 miles away or whatever you know so it's like well
1: yeah and once you get a house they fucking boot that shit out i had stuff left inside my house before i had even set foot (laughs) i bet i can't i can't (laughs)
0: imagine how fast my parents would be willing to kick the rest of that you know quote unquote junk out of their house because i can never i'm terrible i can never throw anything away I'm so bad
1: at No, that. I can't either. Yeah. What if I need that someday? Wow. Well, you can obviously see the wall of Funko pops behind me. I always say, hey, this one's worth like a hundred bucks. You know, someday that's going to be sweet. And, you know, the, the thing is you have to sell it for it to actually be worth a hundred bucks. Right.
0: And then do you actually have the heart to sell it and break up your collection?
1: No, I no. don't. <laughs> right. Exactly. So I don't want to hear it from anyone
0: just telling me to get rid of something. You don't, you don't know. You don't know the story. Um all right. Anyway, I'll just kind of go first cuz I kind of just watched one movie um over the last week like I said I was pretty hung up Sunday and even Monday I was feeling the the heat of the last weekend a little bit so I just been a bum. Um Mad Max Fury Road the 2015 film by George Miller um fucking banger. I love that movie so much. It is such a great movie. God. It might be the best action movie in the last 15 years maybe
1: i don't have anything to refute that i mean just for the i know that whenever i think of this movie i feel the need to sit down and watch
0: oh it. it's just gorgeous too and the fact that i've watched so many like behind the scenes things about how you know 90 percent of the stunts are practical effects like it's fucking mm-hmm. ridiculous and you can't even like tell it's it's just a it is a masterpiece i mean i gave it a 9 out of 10 only because i just didn't want to just hand out tens, but it's close. It's one yeah, of my people favorite... might start calling you Scott, though. <laughs> yeah, right. It's uh, yeah, it's one of my favorite movies, obviously and definitely in the last ten years. Um, can't wait for for Furiosa. This are you course. excited
1: about Furiosa? I'm tentatively concerned. I think
0: I heard it's not even going to be sure sh- Well, she, I'm not saying she's not in it, but it's like a young. It's like a prequel. I think yeah
1: Charlize Theron's not in it apparently but Anya
0: Taylor-Joy is playing Furiosa yeah and I like her I do too so I I don't know I have faith I have no reason to think that it shouldn't be any good based on this latest entry so we'll see I mean it's gonna suck not having Max in the movie I guess but I think that's why it's just called Furiosa so it's not even really a Mad Max title but
1: Yeah, it's the Hobbs and Shaw of the Mad Max universe, right? Right, exactly. What about you, Jimbo? So I got in two movies this week. The first one is, I believe, a Netflix original. It's called Things Heard and Seen. It's an Amanda Seyfried horror movie. Mm. I gave it a 7 out of 10. The first half of the movie absolutely doesn't play like horror at all. But the second half is very, very horror-feel, and I thought it was pretty unique actually I've never even though that. it plays on a haunted house sort of theme so it's is it's new yeah it, it's very new like within the last couple weeks i don't know the date offhand okay but we really enjoyed it up until say the last 15 minutes it got a little off the rails for me not where i wanted it to necessarily go but i'd recommend it i mean it was 100 minutes long and yeah. it, it was pretty darn good
0: nice yeah, I mean, uh, I'm kind of just doing a quick IMDb here. It's a couple people I've noticed in it. Netflix, man, they usually make quality content. So, yeah, I'm mean, I'm always down for a decent, you know, horror slash thriller movie for sure.
1: Yeah, it's it's absolutely a slow burn is the biggest thing. Um, but once it gets going, it's pretty good. Um, husband and wife move from big city New York. To upstate New York. He got a job as an art professor teaching art theory at a small private school, and she left her job as an art restoration person from New York City. So she abandoned her livelihood to follow his dream um, now that he's finished school. And mm-hmm. then they move into a house where some sinister things have happened. <laughs> and that's all I'll say because if I give you the reveal, it ends up really taken away from it. So I think. Part of the reason my score is a seven is I don't think it's super rewatchable. Right. Makes sense. The second thing I watched, which is supremely rewatchable, The Godfather. Dude, I gave it a nine out of 10. And before anyone comes after me, that movie is too long for its own good. <laughs>
0: I was going to say for a movie that long and it's amazing. It's as rewatchable as it is, you know, to be honest.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Al Pacino is Michael and Marlon Brando as uh, uh, Vito Corleone i i couldn't get over it and i think and this is maybe terrible to say as someone who helps run a movie podcast this might be the first time i ever sat down and watched it through like sat down beginning to end yeah and i think that might have been part of the problem is like if they had split this up into like three chunks it's like a tv mini man i'd love it so much more hmm. <laughs> you know but it, I think that there are some parts that are boring and some parts that are a little bit slow. And that's where the length of it just gets to you. But the acting is bar none amazing and engrossing as a movie, you know, right. I need to find Godfather part two because I've never seen that one. And some people argue it's better than the first. Yeah,
0: to be honest, I, I don't think I've seen the second one or at least the whole thing through. Um, but yeah, that is the consensus is that it's every bit of good, if not. You know, some people like it more than the first one, which is pretty hard to imagine. Um, but yeah, kudos to to them for sure. I mean, yeah, the act it's like it's just an acting like class one oh one, essentially, from everybody involved. Oh, yeah. Like there's so many people when you sit back and look at all of the people involved in the movie and like Al Pacino just super young in it. He's just yeah, he's amazing.
1: I, I almost didn't recognize that it was Al Pacino at first. All yeah. of a sudden credits are rolling and I'm like, son of a bitch that's who that was right and never really made the connection before i think he's better than brando in this movie and i'm more in intrigued by the character of michael corleone than i am Vito. so that's why i'm kind of really excited about possibly watching godfather part two when i get around to it right because i uh, do we want to spoil godfather it's like 50 years old <sighs> i think you're okay <laughs> okay Vito has a heart attack and dies so the, the second movie is going to be way more about michael i assume which i like him better as a character right yeah he's got definitely the more
0: interesting because he's you know the son that was moved away didn't want anything to do with the family and then kind of gets yeah called and back he was once. like
1: the goody good he was in yeah. the military you know and he was like the hero of the family before somehow getting pulled into all this and that's what makes him such a cool character I
0: think. right right definitely an amazing character arc for sure yeah god that movie's great now i should i need to go back to that soon here
1: <laughs> the more and more i think about it the more and more i love it yeah. like it's just it's a great great movie yeah I, I should read the book in reality too like because um it's based on a novel and i've never sat down and read that either but from what i understand it's a great novel right
0: yeah god damn jim i gotta I got set aside like whatever three plus hours probably or two and i don't even may as well just call it six do a double feature that's true it's not like I haven't done it with Lord of the Rings before. I suppose I could do it for this. <laughs> but... wow, wow, wow! That's what the fucking <laughs> cop sirens drove past a few times um, Saturday night. I wonder if they were heading out towards that casino. Maybe they were. I we were have only, to think they must have we been. We were only ten minutes away from where the house was staying, too, which is pretty sketch in its own right. <laughs> but... Yeah. Anyway let's see what we got for the Hypehorn gym i'm super pumped about this one i can't believe it's actually being released this year but uh yeah
1: i was surprised too but witcher season two is coming to netflix in the fourth quarter of 2021 i'm really hyped about this i love the first season i didn't think it gave me as much resolution as i wanted for a quote-unquote season of tv but that seems to be the trend where tv's going now the first season is always like a cliffhanger Mm -hmm. um but I can't fucking wait, man.
0: Yeah. I really enjoyed like the non-linear storytelling too. I mean, I I did find myself just because I I played one game, The Witcher 3, which is widely renowned as one of the greatest games probably of all time, mm-hmm. which it is fucking awesome. But that's like the only knowledge I have of anything Witcher. Like I know the books are are all pretty good and like the first couple games are good, maybe don't hold up as well obviously, but yeah, so all I really knew about was The Witcher 3. So, like, the, the non-linear stuff may have been confusing a little bit at times from what I remember. Because I've only watched the show through once. And I kind of yeah, found myself, like, here. trying to pick up things, you know, where they might not have been. But, but yeah, I remember li- liking it a lot. Um, I thought, obviously, the guy... Who no, I can't think of his name. Henry Cavill Place Geralt was great. Fucking awesome. Yeah, like, captured, he
1: was perfect casting.
0: Captured all of like the nuances of the character just perfectly. Like it's yeah. just awesome. Um, yeah, pumped. Can't wait. I need some more fantasy epic in my life. Um, especially they said. Have,
1: did you ever finish the game? Is my question. The Witcher three. Like, get f-
0: yeah. I finished. I you know it's like a Skyrim esque game. I mean, there's yeah like, yeah. I never. I did play it all the way through with all the main like the main thing i obviously did some side missions and shit like that but never like a hundred percent completed it but did beat the main story
1: yeah yeah i i had a playthrough on my xbox one and i i ended up like shortly in like 10 15 hours in um got myself into a situation where i was wildly underleveled or under geared and i hadn't had the heart to restart it yet so that's only as far as i ever got so i really need to go back to it
0: i think just from based on our conversations of like skyrim and i think you would if you could dig your teeth in like and really get into it i think you would love it it's
1: yeah and i know really broad strokes of what happens and the story is wildly appealing to me yeah it's it's
0: pretty amazing um like i said i like the only witcher game i ever played and i just remember like buying it and just like just massive open world like rpg i'm like holy fuck and it looks gorgeous like even for the time like i can't imagine now maybe if there's any i don't know if there is any remasters for like the newest consoles or not but god i think
1: they got it updated to playstation 4 and xbox one but i don't think they've done anything for next gen so series x or playstation 5 yet i'm sure
0: it upscales pretty well though i bet it still looks great i haven't played it in probably a couple years but yeah. God, yeah, that was a good game.
1: Yeah, it, it, it is good. I remember being confused by all of like the various potions and whatnot, which is not my strong suit in literally having to remember formulas to put things together right. in a video game. I'd rather that there was just like a really solid guide for that or that I can purchase those things with in-game currency, but that takes away from the RPG, which obviously is what people love about it. Right. Perfect. All right. So the next thing we have... Is Marvel dropped a huge amount of information about phase four? Sorry, excuse me as I'm just like Googling this because I forgot to take a picture of it. Did you watch um,
0: their like trailer thing for it?
1: I did, and it yeah. looks so freaking cool. Um, so in essence, they dropped release dates for almost everything in phase four. Um, just this huge trailer of what's to come, and I'll give a quick list of all the movies. Uh, so included in Phase Four are Black Widow, Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, The Eternals, Spider-Man No Way Home, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, Thor Love and, Love and Thunder, <laughs> uh, Black Panther: Wakanda Forever, The Marvels. So that's the Miss Marvel sequel, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, Fantastic Four, and Blade. Yeah, and those are all like the movies this doesn't include any of the tv series that are going to be launching in the same time frame and there's a lot of those right notice nothing
0: about like captain america so i wonder how that far... must be
1: phase five yeah how far for captain how, america that'll be
0: and i'm assuming he'll show up in other movies he has to right
1: yeah and notice no avengers movie right. either so they're they're trying to rebuild the team is what it seems you know trying to figure out what the team is going to look like going forward
0: interesting i just want to say one thing about the spider-man i don't know if you've seen any of like andrew garfield's recent news lately he he's been like super denying it but then walked it all back kind of saying like never say never you know in like a couple recent interviews god they're just pissing me off so much (laughs) like
1: it 100% (laughs) It 100% plays, as Kevin Feige called each of them and said, like, hey, do damage control. People know too much about what we're going to do. Right, Like, I don't know. I just, I'm still, it's just, I could easily be let down,
0: but my heart and everything (laughs) is just all in right now. on seeing those three, like, in the same movie. Like, I just.
1: Yeah, I, I I want it to happen so bad. Right. And as someone who kind of is a little bit of a Tom Holland naysayer, I wasn't a huge fan of him in Civil War. But I haven't seen any of his standalone movies, so I can't give that much of an opinion. Having the others back would really sell me on getting through the Tom Holland movies,
0: right? And it's not like the way the they're going with all of this, like goofy time travel and the quantum realm, and like you know multiverses. Like it would make sense, you know, it would fit to have them in there. It's not like they'd just be doing. T- I mean, it would kind of be fan service, but at the same time, like it it makes sense for the tone this next phase is going through, you know, like where shit's just getting all jumbled up. Yeah, I mean, right. I don't know. I just, I can't wait. I just hope, just hope <laughs> and pray. Like,
1: I love- Well, that kind of leads us into the next piece of hype here is Loki dropped a new trailer and they moved up their release date to June 9. So we're a little under, or a little over a month away from Loki. So, and this trailer, there's like some sort of time bureau who like, is like, hey, the timeline is fucked up from the Avengers traveling around in time. You're going to help us fix it because you're basically a convict and a prisoner. And this is the trailer that has officially made me interested in this show. It looked good. Yeah, because yeah, I, I think there could be shenanigans abound and they're bouncing around in the timeline. I think it could be fucking sweet. Yeah,
0: this trailer looked awesome. Like, <laughs> Owen Wilson as, like, the fucking head. <laughs> like, yes. time guy just cracks me up. Um, Yeah, I mean, Loki grab the fucking cube or whatever at the, the tesseract. Yeah, the tesseract in in one of the timelines. So I'm assuming that's where this is I think it's clear that's where this is picking up immediately and then it'll follow this timeline now where he's still alive. But yeah, it's funny cuz I'm sure there's going to be I mean they might even make a joke about how he's actually dead, but he's just in some created time rift from the Avengers. I don't know. It it looks very entertaining and like I just wasn't sold on Loki by himself. But, like
1: you said, this new trailer makes it look quite good, though. I'm excited. He needs other people to bounce off of, in terms of being the god of mischief, yeah. right? That's what makes him most intriguing, is when he's fucking things up for other people. So you need a decent cast of other characters that we're pulling for, and then it's funny when Loki screws stuff up for him. Right. You know, that's when his character is best, in my mind. Yeah, I 100% Spoil agree. something for me quick. At the beginning of Infinity War, Thanos chokes him out and kills him. Does he come back at the end of Endgame when they reverse everything or no? So, do you want
0: me to just kind of tell you? Yeah, spoil so it for me. I've like, heard so much about that movie, I don't care.
1: So in Endgame,
0: they set up to go back in time to grab the stones. Mm-hmm. So they can kind of reverse everything. Well, at one point then, they're... Back into right after the first Avengers movie, where they're, yes. they're leaving Stark Tower, and that's where um, they the guards have Loki like in chains. But while they're going back in Endgame, the Tesseract accidentally like slides over to Loki at this one part, and he like grabs it and disappears, and that's all you see of him.
1: Okay, so that okay, so you he, never
0: see him again other than that. There is
1: a Loki who is right. out there in the timeline. And I'm somewhere.
0: assuming that's the one, obviously, we're going to follow in this show, I, I would Right. Like. Yeah.
1: Okay, sweet. I think that's intriguing right. as a consequence of time travel, right? And it seems as though before this point, they haven't really dealt with any consequences of their time travel. So I think this is important and good for them to explore.
0: Right, because all we know... Well, spoil it for you again. Like I don't care <laughs> if you don't care, because <laughs> all we know is that just Captain America went back in time and you know put all the stones back where they were or whatever. Right, and know.
1: even just you know if you want to go by the butterfly effect, even him just being there to place the things back should have a ripple effect to one degree or another.
0: Right, right. So yeah, I think this will be cool to show how that happened, kind of like how they showed the you know how the snap back affected people in wandavision like where people just re- yeah. re- reappeared you know that was kind of cool um to see well and we
1: saw more of that too in uh captain america slash falcon and the winter soldier too you know with right the whole repatriation thing you know that was a much darker look at it whereas you know wandavision had a lot more comical sort of effect to it mm-hmm. you know
0: mm-hmm. but yeah either way it's, it's nice to see them addressing like things that are just get and it's—I don't blame them. It's hard to cover all that stuff in just the movies, so these TV shows allow you to like develop it more. So that's—I just think they do a pretty good job at that.
1: Right. The question is whether or not they get themselves into a point where like they've created a paradox <laughs> that they can't explain away. You know, and it's—it's it's all made up science, right? So yeah, just explain it away. But if it gets to be too ridiculous, then it's dumb. That's you know. True. So the question is whether or not they'll ever cross that line. Yeah. Next piece of hype. DC is actively seeking a black director and a black actor for a Superman reboot. All right. It's well past time, and people have been kind of rumoring this for a long time. Yeah. But, I mean, I guess I, I want to know who they're going to cast. Michael B. Jordan was tossed around a lot that's for who, a long time.
0: That's who I thought of immediately, and I would just team him up with um, the director for, like, he at least did the first Creed movie um ryan kugler um and they, yeah like, who
1: also did black panther so he's had his hands really on like um superhero movies that too.
0: movie yeah so i think like that would be like the obvious choice for like team up because they've worked together you know numerous times before so the
1: That's question fun. is whether or not either of them have a contract signed with marvel to have to be in things
0: right because a, lot, know, of, yeah, a lot of people are thinking it's possible he could even come back as like the next black panther somehow i mean i'm not saying that that's canon or real or anything but like they're saying you know he'd be one guy you know that fans would be okay with because he played the villain but like towards the end he kind of was just misunderstood you know yeah and yeah
1: so he was an anti-hero with right. some bad choices
0: yeah so i don't know i mean i'd i'd be down for that too if it was something like if it was like some those two teaming up again because most of the stuff they t- they've done together has been pretty damn good so far
1: so. yeah my question is whether or not this superman will be kal-el you know your normal superman or if it's gonna be oh my gosh and i think it's zor-el is the superman from earth 2 who is a black person in that mm. universe so I'm wondering how they'll do it. If it's Kal-El, then hopefully it's going to spin into the other movies, and that's a much bigger statement than taking your already black character and casting a black person as that that character. Right. So if it's Kal-El, it's a much bigger statement, and I don't know that anyone knows if that's what they're doing yet. Hmm. So it'll be interesting to, to see, see
0: how the whole Marvel aspect kind of plays how they how they play it out. You know, because Captain America is now a black man. So right. Like... Right. So we'll see i yeah i just don't know anything about all these different earths in the dc right. universe so they god <laughs> like so much to they got. i got you here to kind of explain it
1: uh, no well idea. And part of my question here is like this came out like two weeks after the end of falcon and the winter soldier mm. you know like was this motivated by a keeping up with the johnsons sort of mentality here right or because henry cavill i believe has said he's never coming back for superman so they know they have to do something
0: yeah and it's not that he was a bad superman either i'm pretty sure a lot of people didn't mind him you know yeah maybe it was just...
1: contract issues and dc not being able to make good movies right exactly
0: yeah i'm pretty sure it was more of the content he was given that people didn't like versus actually him
1: as superman you know yeah because he certainly had the look right. like i was so happy with the way he looked god but anyways next piece of hype And this is maybe not so much hype as I think it's kind of a cool thing. Paramount Plus is claiming that it will debut one original movie per week by the year 2022. So this to me is the biggest selling point for why I should get on Paramount Plus because thus far I haven't pulled the trigger. Right. One movie a week? Well, that's what Netflix is doing this year. One original movie a week. I guess. So like, you know, Paramount has, in my mind, probably a better content making machine they're much more established even than netflix um in terms of like the movie business and making their own movies so i'd be more excited about the movies paramount's putting out than probably netflix right netflix has made a bunch of junk they deal in quantity not quality i suppose i mean i guess i
0: just you don't really sit back and notice all of the new movies that get pumped out you know like but i but it makes like now that i think about it like i usually every time i log on you know once a week I see, like, a new like a new movie headlining the main page or something, I guess. God, fucking A. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's just however fast you scroll past it, or, like, if it seems to be a genre you're interested in, or has an actor you know, or so on, you know? Right. And that's how we ended up watching that Amanda Seyfried movie, because I had known that she had done something recently, so I saw it, and I was like, heck, let's watch this.
0: Right, right. It just makes it, one week just makes it sound more impressive. I mean, it is impressive, but, like, I guess it is being done, you know, as we speak already. It's just, yeah, I don't really, you don't really notice it because there's not much acclaim behind a ton of the Netflix movies. I mean, some of them, don't get me wrong, come out, but they usually come out with bigger, you know, they're promoting it a lot more than than a lot of the ones they just kind of dump on there. But,
1: yeah. Well, and this is a commitment, like, most people are thinking COVID-19 is kind of on its way out. At this point, this is a commitment to continuing to bring in-home content as opposed to bringing it to theaters. Right. And I don't know if this is like a same-day thing or anything like that, you know, like HBO Max has been doing. But also we know that HBO has said that next year they are going back to the theaters. It won't be releasing on HBO Max the first day. Hmm. So I'm interested to see where that's going to go as well because that's a commitment to bringing A-level tier content from a C-level streaming service to you in-home.
0: Right. Yeah, it's a good way to keep current customers and, yeah, definitely spark the interest of people who are on the fence, that's for sure.
1: Right, yeah. Like I said, this may be the thing that gets me to sign up and give this thing a try. Right. Nice. Uh, last piece of hype, and I don't know if you're a Bloodborne player. I've... i what? Which one? I had Dark Souls
0: 3 and played about three hours of it and i think i beat one boss and just got so <laughs> angry i had a buddy who played bloodborne and i watched him play it so it's a t- they're kind of like the same thing aren't they yeah. essentially yeah
1: Yeah, so I was going to play through Bloodborne with Adam because at some point after you beat the first boss, you get a currency that then allows you to play multiplayer. Oh, But I couldn't even get to the first fucking boss, so it never ended up happening. Oh, my God. Uh, But HBO Max is going to bring us a Bloodborne series. Hmm. And, yeah, that's about what I had to say because from what Adam described to me is there's not much plot to those games.
0: Well, right, and, like not to just talk about the movie we just did like Mortal Kombat but like the people when people see a Mortal Kombat movie they want to see ridiculous finishers and stuff it's like if someone watches like a Bloodborne or a Dark Souls like movie or TV show you're just going to watch the same person like die over and
1: over again 8 million times like i don't i don't well, get Well yeah and it's like if someone doesn't die then it's not really a Bloodborne show you well, know right. like because they're known for being some of the most brutal and difficult games around
0: dying is literally part of the game it's how you figure out the moves that each like fight each boss or obstacle does and that's how you like move on is by dying and trying again over and over again i don't know
1: that's just yeah I, i i'm intrigued i guess i don't even know that i'd watch it if it came out
0: right it's just an odd thing to try to make into a series like don't get me wrong like the stuff is kind of cool like it's like you know it's creepy like a creepy castle like medieval type type vibe monster thing yeah Yeah. like that definitely sparks my interest it's just yeah i don't know how you could take that sort of atmosphere at least from just what we've seen in the games and try to make a tv show out of it i don't know it's right
1: and i guess we'll have to wait and see i i would be interested to know adam's opinion on this as one of the people i know who actually got a platinum on bloodborne and fucking claims it's a. like his favorite game ever <laughs> you got he's a psycho <laughs>
0: you gotta be us i mean and i i am kudos to those fucking people because like they have a lot more patience than i do man i just i like i said i played dark souls 3 for like three hours beat like the first boss
1: and then just died eight billion times <laughs> i was like fuck this
0: can't do it sitting
1: anymore. down to play that game i was like do i just suck at video games or is it just that hard and i i still stand in the camp that i think it's just that i hard. think it is and because there's no
0: yeah it's one of those games with no difficulty setting there's just one thing you know it's like you jump in and you die until you figure it out uh yeah
1: yeah and it's just fucking brutal the whole time it is it's a fucking stretch that's for sure
0: all right people and the moment you guys usually wait for our review um we watched the 1980s dirty dancing it's our decade movie um randomly drawn uh this is what we landed on but uh yeah good to get back jim why don't you tell us a little about this lover (laughs) lover film
1: (laughs) so dirty dancing originally came out in 1987 um the synopsis is spending the summer at a Catskills resort with her family. Francis baby houseman falls in love with the camp's dance instructor, Johnny castle. And this is one of the best uh, synopses we've had.
0: Like I said, I like to usually rate the synopsis after you're, after you read them to us, um, yeah, that's a solid 8, 9 out of 10 description of basically what happens in the movie, you know?
1: It seems the shorter they are, the more accurate they generally are. Less time to be wrong.
0: That's true, and especially with a movie that's... This is a little over 90 minutes, I think. It's like,
1: yeah, you don't... Yeah, you don't, it's like 100 minutes. You don't
0: need some big fucking drawn-out, you know, description no. of what's happening. You know, basically, as we'll, as we'll get into this, it's just a lot of dancing.
1: <laughs> well, which is the whole point, yeah, right? Yeah, well, it is. It was... It was directed by Emil Ardolino, uh, written by Eleanor Bergstein, and starring Patrick Swayze and Jennifer Grey.
0: Very nice. Who they? You know, they're the main characters of the movie, and we spend a lot of time with them. So there's not much development for anyone else, really. So it's going to be kind of bouncing around, basically them and any slight interaction they have with any of the other characters. I guess you know, safe right. to say,
1: yeah. Um, and the they're. Their advancement is the most important other than i would say baby's dad true um, jake because he certainly has a slow but sure arc in this movie i just i refer to him as jake a lot here as we're gonna go through this but like <laughs> jake feels like a young man i name. know he's like I'm a, 60
0: i'm like looking at the goddamn you know cast here and it just says jake houseman which i know is his name but it's like they really like i don't know i just found myself they writing... call him jake
1: exactly once i think yeah
0: i'm just think i think i should have just i'm just gonna refer to him as baby's dad or jake i don't know it just seems weird knowing that it's the main character's dad the whole time just to keep calling right. him jake <laughs> <laughs> i don't know <laughs> just felt weird writing it but that's what i did oh man so anyway yeah thanks for that jim we'll kind of just dive right in here um Like I told you off screen a little bit, we get some opening credits with some like black and white dancing going on in the background. Um, I felt like this went on a little too long.
1: And see now, this is why it bothers me so much (laughs) is I feel like oftentimes if you're going to have opening credits, there's too many of them.
0: Yeah, like I just remember I just seriously I just wrote there's some seductive dancing in black and white and then literally a line later i said and we're still going (laughs) lol (laughs) as we're like i I
1: think i think the only good thing about this is they do mirror it and they have some more of this at the back end true they came like full circle good yeah you know but otherwise i don't have many points for it this would have been a decent movie that you could have done some opening credits because your two biggest stars jennifer gray and patrick swayze like announce the two of them and get into the fucking movie right but that's not what they did and
0: like what but i also won't knock on it too much because this is like one of my pros at the end is the soundtrack is great so oh yeah yeah, a lot of it's just great music at the same time so i can't be that bad but at the same time it's like let's fucking go um (laughs) (laughs) so anyway after we get that we kind of get like a radio cut in of a guy um just kind of announcing the song i think that was playing um we then jump to, baby, played by you said Jennifer Grey, um, riding in the car with her family. It looks like they're arriving at some sort of like big summer house. It's called the Kellerman House. I don't know how else to ascribe describe it like a vacation. So,
1: it's like a hotel. Yeah. But what it, what is baffling probably to people of our age is that people would go to these hotels or like rich people would go to these hotels and say like upstate New York or in the the Northeast. And they would literally book an entire summer at this one house or at this one cabin or hotel. So, like, what what this movie does poorly in terms of explaining is these guys are here for, like, multiple weeks or months. Mm-hmm. And it's unclear of how long she's been there.
0: Gotcha. See, my mom listened to one of our... I think she listened to the Stand By Me one. And she just mm-hmm. ripped on us for, like, not knowing some of the shit about the time. You know, the time piece. Like... <laughs> That's she'll probably just if she listens to this one she'll just be like yeah that used to be a thing where people just go to hotels for like three months and be like well fuck I have no I I have no desire to do that so I'm sorry that I don't kind of feel that vibe right away right you know
1: well there's one there's one big point related to that that I want to bring up at the end because it's a the theme of the movie um, and. Th- the weirdest thing i think about this is we chose this for our 80s movie but the entire movie is set in the 60s it's 1963 fuck you right <laughs> god <laughs> that's so it's kind of ironic it is but uh, doesn't change the fact that it's a great fucking movie.
0: that's true and it was made in the 80s so that's what we're going with um so anyway yeah like i said the family's arriving at the kellerman house i said it's like a big fucking mansion but jim says it's like he told me it's a hotel and it's on a lake It's a pretty nice place. Looks real nice. There's a lot of people showing up at this time. Um, He's not in the movie much, but Stan, played by Wayne Knight, I wrote, a.k.a. Newman, um, (laughs) is just kind of running around on a megaphone, like, greeting all the people. He has a couple, like, funny lines here and there throughout the movie, but, like, I just kind of giggle every time I see that guy. R.I.P., by the way, Wayne Knight. Um, He's so funny. He is hilarious. Great in Jurassic Park, like... Oh, great God. and Newman as newman from seinfeld like love him just love the guy um so it's good to see him uh this is the first time we kind of see max kellerman um he's like the owner of the he's hotel the owner. I'd he's say. running the place yeah uh he greets the family um the dad jake houseman um shit you got a name for me jim the actor i've seen him That's in a million jerry, things jerry Ordback. back yeah, Jerry Orbach. I've seen him. He's from, like, fucking CSI, isn't he? Or uh, the other one. Not now CSI. you're the
1: wrong guy. I don't, I don't honestly recognize him Law and him Order. Anywhere.
0: I know he's on Law is and Order. Is that what it is? I think so. That's where I've seen I'll him I'll pull it
1: up while you keep going. Times.
0: Yeah, do me a solid, would you? Because I need to know now. <laughs> um,
1: he greets the family. Uh, just... He is on Law and Order, is he? And he's Lumiere in Beauty and the Beast, uh, the animated one. Fucking a. See, Law and Order. I knew it. Um, I recognize that voice. Now that we say that, he does like, have a very wild,
0: distinguished voice. That's for sure. And he, yeah, he looks, you know, the exact same. Law and Order is a pretty old show, though. So uh, I mean, it is. I, it's not too odd to me that he looks the same, but um. But anyway, I digress. Um, we found out he's like a doctor, so he's actually kellerman's doctor so that's why he's kind of showing him like the special treatment or whatever um the next scene is like a bunch of people just dancing around on a patio i don't know if you have much more to add to this is this where we see is penny the instructor in this scene okay yeah
1: so the way i describe this is if you've ever been on a modern cruise now they always have activities and like there's dance classes or like water aerobics or stupid shit like that that is entirely what they did to entertain these people at these sort of resorts. So like they would take weekly dance classes cause they were there for a couple of months, you know, or they would have like a volleyball tournament and that's what these people did to entertain themselves, you know, cause you weren't around watching TV or anything like that. And then they would have like shows or skits in the evening, you know, like when you're on a crappy resort or on a cruise.
0: Right. That's kind of like what uh, Stan's, what he was doing was kind of just, like, shuffling people around or, like, telling them all the different events at certain times. You know, every time we see him with a megaphone, that's basically what he's doing. And then, like, cracking some, like, one-liner. But, um, anyway, yeah, so that's where we kind of, that's where we get introduced to Penny. She's kind of teaching everyone to dance. Um, baby looks a little lost, you know, doesn't really get... doesn't seem to have the rhythm. Doesn't get the vibe. Um, the next scene, we see her kind of go off to look around the property. Uh, she's walking along, um... The, like this big balcony and she sees max uh lecturing all of the waiters like telling them you know don't mess this up or whatever like this is like a big thing you know this can lead to many things so just don't screw it up it's basically like a pep talk you, nonetheless
1: well and more importantly from that scene is all of the waiters are hired from like ivy league colleges like cornell yale harvard and they are there to entertain the daughters of the rich guests he says take all of the daughters out and show them a good time even the dogs (laughs) and yeah so it's really off color and that's why it's important that baby sees this because it's showing that these young men who are being held up as paragons of great society are being taught by max kellerman who again also is supposed to be an upstanding person that they're just there to make time with these daughters to, t- to hopefully try and get a good end of the summer tip from these people to pay for their college
0: right and i don't want to give it away too much but like um at one point the dad is about to tip the one guy yeah you know, we'll get to him a guy money for medical school so it's like it can lead like if you meet someone who is like in the same field or of interest they can definitely like open doors you know that's what they're kind of hoping for but yeah. Yeah, it's a, a
1: networking point. opportunity through being a waiter. Right. You know.
0: Exactly. Um well it's here we first get introduced to Johnny, played by Mr. Swayze. Um Johnny Castle. What a fucking name. You so know, I, I, kinda... I like to talk about how they come up with fucking movie names. Um <laughs> this is like one of the best. Johnny Castle. <laughs> it's just it's just awesome. Fits Swayze's personality just perfect.
1: Oh, so great.
0: Um Yeah, so he appears, uh, it seems like he's the dance instructor, which we kind of get, you know, just based off of their interactions. Um, Max warns him about, you know, he's like, like you said, telling these other young gentlemen to like go out with the girls, show them a good time. But he specifically tells Johnny to like stay the fuck away from any of like the rich young women or something, you know.
1: Yeah, he is solely there to teach him how to dance. Right. He d- he should not be making time with the girls. No.
0: So, in the next scene, the Housemans, uh, they kind of arrive for dinner. Max then introduces his nephew, Neil. Um, just seems like a fucking prick. He looks like
1: a fucking weasel. God,
0: man. just right from the get-go. And that's kudos to the actor. He plays it perfectly, too. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, you can tell I just don't already like the guy. Um,
1: We also get introduced to Robbie, Oh. Who is like their habitual waiter? Um, he he's one of the group that was being told to go out with the girls, and we see him recurring in the movie.
0: Yeah, Robbie. I don't know. You probably wouldn't know this, but his name's Robbie Gold. And there was a. F- I only know that because it was on imd There's a fucking kicker for the Bears for the longest time named Robbie Gold. So I just kind of chuckled. <laughs> that's interesting because when they drop that name um <laughs> anyway so they're kind of sitting there at dinner uh neil uh kind of starts putting the moves on baby a little bit to, because with the encouragement i guess of max and her parents specifically her dad um yeah they kind of push them out to dance uh i just said they're dancing and discussing like future endeavors essentially yeah you know she
1: wants to like change the world she says she's going to major in economics of underdeveloped countries and go into the peace corps whereas he's going to cornell for hotel management (laughs) because he's just going to take over his uncle's hotel right oh the biggest thing i think is like they they put on a new song as they're dancing and Neil just goes
0: mambo, yeah. <laughs> it's So <laughs> some stupid. of the stuff in this movie is definitely
1: really corny. Like <laughs> he is—he has is, he is no smoothness to him whatsoever. Well, is it here? Like in a little while that he
0: drops that like pickup line. Um. Oh God. Well, I have here. Yeah, I said Neil seems pretty pumped to dance to the next song. That's the one you just said, <laughs> and he just starts giving it. Um. This is when Johnny and Penny walk in and they are just fucking ripping apart the dance floor at this yeah, point. They're tearing like, it off. Yeah. And the crowd seems to like it, you know? At least at this point. Um Neil's kind of just like dancing around while baby's just eyes are just fixed on the two of them, like in the middle of the dance floor. She definitely seems yeah. much more interested in what's going
1: on there. Uh well, and eventually Neil kind of wants Johnny and Penny to break it up because he's like showing off like that isn't going to sell dance lessons because that is, first of all, how Penny and Johnny make their money to one degree or another is selling dance lessons. But also the more dance lessons that are sold, it's obvious that the hotel takes a cut.
0: Right, exactly. So it's not; it doesn't pay to have those two just dance together. They want them to kind of split up and get more people involved. Um, Exactly. So to your point, Max kind of comes out and gives them like the cut that shit out sort of look and that's when they split up and start bringing in you know guests and stuff into the middle and start dancing um this is where neil then takes baby along to go participate like in a magic show it's a very odd yeah she has, she does a lot of random weird shit in this movie like
1: Well, and it's random weird activities that this hotel puts on. And that's why I described it as like a cruise. Right. You know, because they would do shit like this. I don't know if I would like to go on a cruise if they still did this kind of stuff. I mean, I would maybe, but... I mean, some cruises are great. I went to one to Hawaii and there was an all-you-could-drink package if you wanted to pay for it. And we stopped at a different hawaiian island every day yeah like that's the best way to see a bunch of hawaii right you know? right
0: i suppose but yeah
1: the shows are fucking tacky and stupid
0: yeah do you don't yeah I, w- I definitely just wouldn't participate i would sit at the bar i'm sure pay for the extended package and just chill out you know
1: they do sometimes have comedians and those are a little fun to that'd be okay to, you know have a couple drinks and listen to a comedy show yeah
0: but as far as like participating in magic shows
1: man i, I don't need any of that <laughs> yeah no no audience participation for right me. um but for her efforts of getting cut in half she receives a chicken a live chicken with a bow with on a it. Bow on. It. just what the fuck <laughs> handed
0: by no other than stan himself Wayne Knights yes. love it um so anyway kind of the next scene is baby wandering off towards the quote-unquote staff area where it says no guests are allowed um uh, like a flight of stairs up to like this different building she hears some music being played and this is where i think his name is billy right
1: yeah but he's not listed on imdb i don't well, know and i didn't he, you him. don't
0: really hear his name until a little a little bit later late in the movie yeah um and he's just carrying three giant like watermelon and
1: she offers yeah to, they're like as long as his torso yeah
0: he was doing a pretty impressive job just to have them all there at once but she offers to help him carry it because um, she kind of just wants to go up there, but he's kind of reluctant of
1: letting her come with him at first. Right. But I did actually just find him on IMDb. He's played by Neil Jones. Okay, Neil Jones. Not
0: not a big part, but she introduces the characters, man. He plays a role. He,
1: he also recurs for a while, yeah. too, you know, so we get to see him. Um, But so they come up to this huge, what used to be, like, A dance hall of some sort it looks like or like a dining hall and all of the staff are in there um dancing i dirty dancing i referred (laughs) that's what i said i
0: referred to this place as the naughty club (laughs) because we come here a few times so that's what we're gonna call it for the sake of the podcast the naughty club i
1: like it i like
0: it (laughs) so yeah so go ahead (laughs) oh go ahead No, no no i was just gonna say yeah there's a lot of dirty dancing going on um She seems interested, like, I can tell she, like, wants to, like, jump in and dance, but she clearly, like we saw in the first scene, like, has no idea what the fuck to do, or, like, at least no rhythm, not saying that. And
1: a little background on her, she's 19, her dad is a high-class doctor, Um, she has a little monologue in the beginning about how she hasn't really experienced much in life, she's never been in love, and all kinds of stuff like that, so this is an unknown world to her, and one that she knows pretty much from the get-go is not okay with her family's point of view
0: right and we'll get to see it too it's like she's viewed by a lot of these people especially just from this kind of experiences that johnny talks about like they don't normally like just the preppy what rich people because yeah. they're they're usually very mean <laughs> um, she's an
1: outsider and they don't want her there right to one degree or another and johnny and penny come in here and johnny kind of makes that clear
0: yeah so some guy asks if she wants to try dancing i thought this was really funny and she just she just goes i'm carrying a water no
1: that's later in the in the yeah, scene so, with so when when yeah. johnny comes in he asks billy why she's there and billy just says she's with me and then she just chimes in i carried a watermelon <laughs> <laughs> to which I thought that was she cracked
0: me up a little bit, especially because like later she was doing the whole like, you know, embarrassed talking to herself thing, like, I carried a watermelon? Like, what kind of thing is that to say? No. That was pretty She, funny. she was
1: tongue tied by the beautiful dude in front oh, of her. And man. I actually I really liked this actually. It was awesome. Johnny eventually does get her out there and basically dry humping together on the dance floor. It's
0: dirty. Very much That's so. The point. Like I I'll admit, like, I definitely have, like, seen this movie, I, I don't think I'd ever sat down and watched it like I did for this. Mm. Maybe just bits and pieces on TV. It's like, holy fuck. I mean, this title ain't kidding. This is dirty. Yeah, I don't
1: think I ever watched it with a critical eye.
0: Right. You know. This is dirty dancing. Very much so. A lot right. of and I, bump and grind. Yeah. <laughs>
1: well and the whole thing is like this this movie came out in the 80s which is a very clearly different time period than the 60s yeah and the the point is i what the movie was trying to say is like your parents teenagers and 20-somethings who were watching this movie like that's how your parents danced at one point maybe right and i i think that's an interesting thing about it i like that a lot yeah
0: and it's like you know why should you have to be sheltered you know, from something that, you know, everybody got to, you know, enjoy or have fun with you know, at their time. Um,
1: right, right.
0: So, yeah, as they're dancing, uh, I just wrote down she looks very awkward and like he tries to like bring her along. And it seems at one point like she starts to like kind of get the hang of it, but he eventually just kind of ghosts her on the dance floor. And I said he just yeah. left her all hot and bothered because she was like feeling yeah, it. she was huffing and popping. She was feeling it for sure. Um, So anyway, the next day at the beach, uh, there's some ladies trying on some wigs, babies there with trying on like a brunette wig or something. And
1: yeah, she's there with her sister, Lisa. Yeah.
0: Oh yes. That's where you get, well, we've seen Lisa a few times, but this movie doesn't do a great job of like giving you
1: names right away though. I feel like. No, they, they don't seem to mention them until it becomes necessary. Right. Exactly.
0: Um, but anyway, Johnny and Penny show up again, uh, Penny looks a little distressed I think cuz he leaves and baby tries to like ask her you know just some questions about how things are going and she seems pretty rude with her to be honest at yeah. first.
1: Well the the conversation ends with baby saying to her I envy you and then Penny scoffing in her face and walking away right, right? so there it's clear that baby doesn't understand Penny's life because it's wildly different and Penny just doesn't have time for the stupid teenager is kind of the way this plays at this point.
0: So how old are these two? Do we ever know? Baby is 19. Well, like Penny and Johnny then.
1: I would put them at early to mid thirties.
0: So that just makes it a little weird.
1: Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't,
0: yeah, cause he looks visibly older than her too i mean i I wish i knew how old patrick swayze was at the time of the movie i guess i could have looked that
1: up (sighs) they're claiming that he's 25
0: 25 Uh, on the googler yeah shit that guy looks like fucking if i looked like that when i was 25 dude i'd be i'd be in hollywood that would be amazing (laughs) I guess, I patrick wonder...
1: Swayze was 34 okay. when he appeared in dirty dancing right he... but he was supposed to play a 25 year old well and jennifer gray was 27 i read okay but she plays incredibly well actually as a 19 as a
0: 19 year old i think so too that's why just the age in real life they aren't that far off but like it just made it seem a little a little odd but anyway not too distracting i guess um so that evening uh, Neil this is this is the line he drops. <laughs> Neil takes Penny away from from some party going on. They're hanging out on the dock and I just wrote he's just the worst, and you can tell that she's not that interested and I think there's the one pickup line he's like, yeah, girls come talking to me all the time and what does he say? He's like, my they ask, oh, he was stole he stole a girl from some popular dude. And he yeah. asked, well, what does he have that I don't? And the girl said something like he owns five hotels
1: or something. And yeah. It was just like, yeah. God, you were so full of yourself, dude. It was... I believe he follows it up with saying, I have to say it. I'm the catch of the county. Oh, my
0: God. He is cringey stuff. <laughs> it was bad. Is
1: such a fucking tool. He
0: is. It was so bad. But like like I said, I mean, I will always say, like, if an actor does a good enough job for me to, like, hate the character, they must be playing a pretty good Right, right. like
1: it was at this point lisa and robbie the waiter comes stumbling out of the bushes and she's pissed it appears he got a little handsy and she wasn't interested
0: right so that comes back because you know eventually there might be something between the two at some point but he's this is like the second time we've seen robbie and he will continue to pop up um so this is where uh like i said she's not very interested he Neil then asks her if she's hungry, um, takes her to the kitchens. And in here, we can see that Baby notices Penny's, like, in the corner, just, like, crying. Very odd. Yeah, she's sitting
1: on the floor and fucking bawling her eyes out.
0: Right. So, Baby then, like, runs away, runs back and tells uh, Billy, who is Johnny's cousin, um, what she saw. So, Billy, like, interrupts Johnny, like, teaching some dance and tells him, and then they go running back to to find Penny. Um, which is where you find out where she's pregnant.
1: I guess yeah, Billy reveals this, and Baby makes the mistake of assuming that it's Johnny's baby. Yeah, and he gets real upset about that.
0: Right. Um. Yeah. Very defensive. Like, and then they find her and take her back to you know, either Johnny or Penny's place. Um. Yeah.
1: One of the staff quarters. It's right. not really important which one necessarily. No,
0: but i want to make one comment that billy just like pours them a drink and she's just like which she i know what she's she attempts she's gonna get an abortion
1: yes but she, she doesn't want to have a child at this point in her life it appears it's going to mess up her livelihood because she's supposed to be young and doing these dance classes and if she has to take nine months off it seems as though she won't have enough money to get by
0: right so
1: she doesn't care about taking the drink because her intention is to uh not carry the pregnancy to term right
0: exactly so i was just like you know a little confused at first because i don't know if i knew the intentions yet of the character but then once that was revealed i was like well okay you're gonna put it like that um
1: right and well they reveal it right here yeah uh billy is saying to baby like hey we're trying to get her an appointment with a doctor but that costs 250 bucks and we don't have the money and someone's got to cover for her dancing in this other show because that's the only day we can get the doctor
0: right so this is where like she eventually this is not where she says she can help yet is it no not quite. Well, she doesn't
1: they also reveal that it's Robbie's baby.
0: Right, yeah. So like the next scene we get is her confronting Robbie the next day about the kid and he's just being a total doucher about it.
1: Like He quite literally says, Some people count and some people don't. <laughs> what is up with these fucking people, man? Well, he I was reading about this a little bit because then he hands Baby a copy of a book called The Fountainhead. And apparently the author of that book was a big, like, self-centrist sort of person. He's like, whatever makes you happy is most important. And Robbie has kind of perverted that idea into saying, like, ignoring his responsibility to this child is most important because it's what makes him happy or what does the best for him.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. I I guess, did you have to do a little side research on the, on yeah, the book? Yeah, Okay. I did.
1: Well, that, that helps
0: it tie it together a lot more and it definitely makes sense for the character. You know,
1: and it kind of makes me want to read the book because I want to know more about that. Right. You know, um, and the Fountainhead is supposed to be one of the classics of literature. It seems right. So she kind of just like
0: threatens to have him fired, but that didn't really go anywhere. Uh, the next, yeah, and
1: specifically tells her to stay away from his sister. Yeah, exactly. Because she, I mix that up. Tell him to stay away from her sister. Right.
0: Because yeah, like you said, we they were coming out of the bushes, you know, not too long ago. Um. The next scene is just, I wrote down Dr. Hausman is just draining putts on the practice screen.
1: And his wife is not draining putts. She is most definitely not. (laughs) And he makes
0: a joke about how, like, at this point, I think he would leave me for Jack Nicholas or something. I thought that was kind of funny. Something like that. Yeah.
1: Baby fucking strolls up and asks her, to da- her dad to lend her $250, no questions asked. Fuck, and he, even for whether it was the 80s or the 60s, man,
0: $250
1: is worth a lot more than it is now, back then. If I rolled up to my parents right now and said, can I borrow $250, bucks?" <laughs> they would be like, no, you're a bad investment. Right, and just for her to,
0: like, he asked her what for, I can't tell you. Is it serious? No. Like that was my reasoning and i could just get 250 dollars every time jeepers creepers i would not even be working i probably had worked my parents to death it's terrible
1: well it does go to show the absolute extreme level of trust that her dad has in her, true
0: at this point which is yeah. part
1: of part of his arc
0: yeah that's very true um so yeah he gives he agrees to give her the money um right before dinner uh i, got, I said we cut back to the naughty club um <laughs> This is where we see Baby find Johnny and Penny and attempts to give him the $250. Penny refuses at that
1: point because... She realizes just, that it's her dad's money.
0: Right. And doesn't want to take it, which Johnny kind of tells her. He's like, well, fuck. If they're willing to give you the money, you might as well do it. Um, right. I don't know. I, I, I guess I might have missed where... Oh, yeah. She says she can't... It's pointless because she can't make the appointment because she's got to do the dance with with Johnny. To which, yeah,
1: at Thursday at the Sheldrake Hotel. So Baby's gonna fill
0: in, right? And this is where Baby kind of gets her chance. Um, Johnny seems very reluctant at first, and it's actually Billy who kind of like you know pushes her onto him, and um, he eventually accepts it. Uh, yeah, so this is where they start practicing. Um, she does like. A little montage with him where he's kind of just yelling at her. And then it's yeah. like a couple scenes where she's like going up these steps, like practicing the moves by ourselves and stuff like, I don't know. It's basically what you'd expect, I guess,
1: from right. And it it shows a clear progression. It starts out in the very first scene. She's stepping on his feet, you know, and they're counting one, two, three, four, and she's supposed to start on the two, but keeps starting on the one, right. And then um there's a scene where he says, it's not about the mambo. It's a feeling, a heartbeat, and then she feels his heartbeat, you know, and about how dancing brings you closer no matter what. And eventually they start playing the song Hungry Eyes, <laughs> and it's ooh, it's intense. Banger.
0: The eyes are what definitely a hungry, though. Song. That's for sure. I just can't help but thinking, Jim, every time when somebody's counting like that, like one, two, three, four, like in any sort of like musical or dance mm-hmm. platform, it's just whiplash. When he's just, like, making him count, and he's just slapping him. Are you rushing, or are you
1: dragging? (laughs) Do it on my fucking time. It's It's just so great.
0: So I just thought about that, too, when I was writing it down. But, like, luckily there's no slapping or chair throwing in this movie.
1: One would hope not. (laughs) This wouldn't be much of a romance movie. Fuck no, it would not be a dark turn, that's for sure. Um, Well, I mean, Fifty Shades of Grey was a thing, but that's neither here nor there. That's true, and that made a lot of money, but... We won't need to talk about that.
0: Um, so yeah, hungry eyes, solid soundtrack. A uh, lot of like stumbling still here yet, and like they're banging their heads together a couple times and just being really like f- clumsy. Um, you can kind of see this when this one see. I thought this was kind of cool. It was, like Penny steps in to help her out even. Um, And it's almost like she's just trying to, like, mirror her movements. Exactly. Yeah, that was... I I like that,
1: that portion a lot. That was
0: pretty cool, yeah. That kind of seemed to, like, help her maybe calm down a little bit without the stress of, like, him necessarily,
1: like, dragging her along the whole time, you know? Well, and they've made it clear that she is attracted to him. Like, it's obvious it's a teenage crush at this point. So she's nervous, and that must be part of why she's having difficulties. And with another female there, maybe it helped. Right. You know, they don't ever explain that, but that's kind of the way I like to think about it. Yeah,
0: exactly. Like, it's just, it was a nice little mix-up to, like, show her actually learning how to dance. You know, it it makes sense. Um, Yeah. So this is where then, you know, it's still kind of, like, one big interlude. Uh, We see her, like, in some scenes starting to put on makeup. You know, she's definitely starting to, like, feel herself a little bit as she's learning. Um, I wrote down here, Jim, the better she gets, the less clothes
1: are being worn. Yeah, that's a fact. <laughs> like, yeah, ev- eventually, she's basically just wearing fishnet stockings. I
0: know. Like, here she's learning how to dance at first, and she's like dressed fucking head to toe with like every part of her body covered. And I said, now that she's eventually starting to get it, it's like she's wearing next to nothing. Like,
1: I I, I will say <laughs> that it's probably relatively strenuous if they're practicing this I, for hours. I know. If, I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt. Definitely, day, saying she was just sweating.
0: Would get hot. I can't. I can't lie or give you that. Yeah, they got hot. But <laughs> shit, it's it's something, that's for sure. Um, so now it's raining outside as they're practicing. Um, I can't. She gives like some little tantrum here. Is she just like want like a break or like a mix yeah. up?
1: So he's putting a lot of pressure on her yeah. to do the act as it was planned because this is a choreographed act that him and Penny do every year at the Sheldrake Hotel. And part of it is a really big section of lifts where he picks her up off the ground for various dance moves. And she's saying, you know, we haven't even practiced those. We're like a week away from the show. And so that's what prompts him to take her out to go practice those. Right. We we don't understand that at this point. But first he goes out to his car. He realizes he locked his keys in. So he kicks a little light post, like a little like walking path light post out of the ground. Just fucking smashes out one of his windows (laughs) to unlock the car. When he walks around to the other side, that door is already unlocked. Oh man, that was kind of funny. <laughs> like, whatever. Like, now what? No, it's just here's
0: the rational guy in me. Like, his car is just gonna get soaked. No, through that back window, like every time it rains, because it never. What I do like is in a later scene, they actually did put cardboard well, over. It. I know, but that's sad. That's good continuity right there, man. That's just good writing. I yeah, that, yeah. that's good stuff. Um, so yeah, they drive off they kind of had just go out into the wilderness um at first they're like in the woods on this like big log that's like hanging over like a big crick, and i suppose like it's... like over a ravine yeah. or something
1: like that right and and he's talking about how dancing and lifts are all about balance
0: right so he's on there kind of just posing doing a couple things he invites her up there eventually and they start like doing some sort of jumping and not too much i guess but You know, just getting her, like, involved. And she seems to be doing okay. I was definitely expecting one of them to fall at some point, but it never really happens. Uh, They
1: they then move on to, like, a field, and now they're practicing the lift on dry land. She's supposed to run up to him. He grabs her by the waist and is going to hold her so that she's now horizontal, basically, above his head. Right. And one of my favorite lines here is, now you'll hurt me if you don't trust me, all right? And I, I really like that theme because it's like, He's willing to do it, but he's like, you have to be on board with this. There's no second thoughts.
0: Right, right. This is where I was going to say, Jim, how much do I have to pay you for us to learn how to do this at Scott's wedding?
1: Oh, my God. You have to pay <laughs> me so much be- because I'm not sure which would be better with you being the base or me. But regardless, it's not going to go. Well.
0: Dude, imagine how much we'd crush it if we just ran out if there to gonna, like hungry eyes and just started doing dirty <laughs> dancing moves. Oh, man oh my god that'd be so great <laughs> i can't imagine that'd be hilarious
1: fucking scott would probably cringe so oh
0: hard. man yes he would i don't know if cassie would like it if we just cleared the dance floor with our robust <laughs> sexual movements
1: but you never know <laughs> it might get the people going i guess Oh my god. <laughs> god! so eventually they move on and now they're practicing it in a lake <laughs> yes um and they are now incredibly close to each other And soaking wet.
0: Mm. I wrote down... But they
1: still can't pull off the lift.
0: Right. He keeps, like, lifting her up and, like, falling backwards. Um, I wrote famous water scene because it's definitely one of the most famous scenes you see, like, in any... If you, like, basically typed in, like, movie scene montage... Like, I'm just making this up entirely, but if you typed in, like, movie scene montage from, like, 1980 to 2000, this would definitely pop up in there, I feel like. This just quick, quick scene of him, like, lifting her up out of the water, I feel like I've seen it in like, a thousand different things like that over the years. It's iconic. You know? yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, they kind of just... They're definitely, like, flirting now a little bit at this point. But um, they fail to do it. We don't get any sort of, like, extracurricular activity yet. Um, Penny starts... We kind of jump ahead here, sorry. Uh, Penny starts to prep baby um, and gives her, like, some little pep talk almost at first. But then starts to, like... Is this? She starts to like.
1: Cry. She's crying because yeah. she's scared about whatever the doctor is going to do to her that night. It's now the the day of the performance, right? One thing that is going to come back to haunt us if we don't mention it is they bump into this little old lady, Mrs. Schumacher, outside the building, and she drops her purse, and out pops like three or four wallets.
0: Right. Yes. Which I didn't like catch at the point, but then when it later.
1: yeah Yeah, you recognize that on the second watch through right because that's a really like b-level plot that we'll cover when we get it
0: it is but um so yeah penny's here kind of like explaining her situation then with robbie like i don't really normally sleep around i actually thought i loved him you know a pretty like sad you know scene where the two kind of come together a little bit it was nice you know it clears up like some of like any questions maybe we had of what Her intentions were, at least, with Robbie to begin with.
1: Yeah, she was being as legitimate as possible and ended up in a situation that was not very good, you know. And that's sad, because she, once he found out that the baby was his, because he did know, he abandoned her and wasn't going to do anything about it. You know, whether it was caring for the baby or assisting in whatever choice she made about it.
0: Which just hammers down the fact of how much of a scumbag he is, which we which will lead into a lot of other things. Um, So, yeah, from here, uh, we get to Johnny and Baby's uh, routine. Um, She asks, you know, was this? Yeah, sorry, I kind of lost here.
1: So so they do the dance, and he's, like, talking to her and coaching her through it. Right. There's a couple missteps, and then she chickens out of the lift at the very last second and then kind of ad-libs. A really crappy dance move and he has to save it right um in the they see this schumacher woman and her husband at this hotel too yeah um and then in the car driving back johnny is complimenting her like crazy as she's changing out of the dress in the back seat
0: right he said she did a really good job she didn't want to be seen by the schumachers because of and maybe like giving away where she was or who she was hanging out with right in particular
1: because It seems implied that she's obviously not supposed to be hanging out with him. His boss has made it clear he's not supposed to be hanging out with her. And we have to think that her father would not react very kindly to her hanging out with um, someone that he thinks is a little bit sleazy, a little bit scuzzy, not the nicest guy in the world. Right, exactly.
0: Uh, So, yeah. So, here, um, after he kind of drives her back to the resort, uh, we get, like, a little bit of, like, just awkward silence in the car you know i can finally tell that maybe if we hadn't already you can tell johnny's starting to have some sort of similar feelings um there's some tension her way for sure uh billy runs and finds them um as they're kind of walking around says Penny's in rough shape which to where they race back to the cabin where i'm assuming her operation was or somewhere that's
1: also where she lives that's her cabin
0: right and yeah she's like in pretty rough shape laying there bleeding the guy billy talks about how the doctor only had like just worthless like basic utensils He had a rusty
1: knife a folding table and gave her no anesthetic
0: yeah so just a brutal if you can imagine what may have happened um baby runs off to find her dad who is a doctor which we talked about to come help um this is uh where jake starts jake starts doing his thing yeah the dad see this is where it messed me up i should have yeah. just told baby's dad because i just called him jake like i said a thousand times
1: um so after he deals with penny and helps her he then comes out of the cabin and asks who's responsible for that girl and this is where johnny steps up and says he's responsible all the viewers know it's not his baby but that is immediately what jake thinks right um he and he Jake is pissed at baby. This is where his character arc really starts. The the innocent trustfulness that he had for her is immediately gone.
0: Right. Tells her not to hang out with people like that or whatever. And from what we see, I didn't look at it that way when he said he's responsible. Of course, like from the audience perspective, like he's just stepping up to like cuz he's, you know, he wants to help her out. You know, that's what Johnny was mm-hmm. doing, like he's responsible for her health or whatever. But yeah, like you said, Jake took it as or Penny's, her baby's dad took it as, you know, I got her into this situation, you know, and now you have to like fix it essentially. So yeah, it makes him, right. it makes him look bad if you, if you're thinking that way. Um, so yeah, they go back to the house. Baby then sneaks off to go see Johnny. Uh, she apologizes for the way her father acted towards him. Um, Johnny says he's he, like used to it. Essentially, gets treated like that by rich people all the time um
1: yeah he says yeah. that he doesn't say it outright but it, he's feeling vulnerable because he could never do something like that and save another person he could never physically save penny and he's feeling very vulnerable about that
0: yeah i thought that was actually i've I'm glad you brought that up like cuz yeah he's like talking about like how brave it was of her dad even though he had just treated him like shit you know minutes before and how
1: brave it was of baby even to one degree or another right
0: to go and I thought that was pretty telling of Johnny as just like a, a person you know in general like he truly wants to like be someone who can be relied upon and like help people yeah. out you know but he just knows that he at least at this point can't or really do much for her and that makes him like you said feel very vulnerable for sure
1: right it's at this point that she says uh she's scared she'll never feel this way that she she'll never feel this way without him um so they dance together a little bit and then they have some sex yeah congrats it finally happened Hmm. (laughs) it was just an
0: odd they do just start dancing and then it's just like yeah the next thing you know they're just laying in bed together it was
1: well, it's the one activity that they've done with each other, True. and it's part of what made them get so intertwined as they have. So, I, I actually don't really have a big issue with the the fact that they danced around this little cabin. Right. You know, I, I think it's actually a little bit sweet and a little bit makes sense. Yeah,
0: well, it's definitely, like, the source of their connection at this point, 100%, because, Absolutely. like, that's all they've done. Or that's how they, they only know each other, basically. They've known each other for five minutes and then became dance partners, like.
1: Right, and no matter what kind of dancing you do, there's an intimacy to it, period. Right, You know
0: exactly. Uh, So yeah, the next morning at breakfast, uh, it seems a little awkward just because the dad had obviously gone through all of that with her the night before, and he said he would not tell her mother, so nobody really knows except for the two of them. Um, All they
1: know is that it seems as though he's pissed. Yeah,
0: right, you can tell. Uh, So that's when... The dad, Jake, reveals that the family is going to be leaving, um, you know, later that day or the next day, but, you know, he, gives no reason really everyone's like but we're booked through sunday you know because they're talking about this big show that they're gonna miss then and stuff like that uh yeah,
1: the end of the season talent show <laughs> yes that god, there's not much talent in that thing by weekend but, we get it. but <laughs> specifically not from lisa oh. so she's either gonna sing i feel pretty or what the simple folk do god almighty
0: um but reluctantly they kind of all just chorus him he agrees to stay uh, again, she asked why he would even think about leaving. And he just said, just an idea. Cause he still like, doesn't want to throw her completely under the bus yet, but he's pretty pissed. Uh, so baby then goes and visits Penny, um, to see how she's doing. Johnny walks in and there's like another moment of like awkward tension. Cause they had just like hooked up and Penny can kind of sense what's going on. Um, she, yeah. Or, yeah so baby like leaves the room for a bit to where penny then warns johnny like hey we're not supposed to get involved like this with like the essentially the guests is how i took it
1: right yeah and apparently johnny has always said don't get involved with the guests and like that's her counsel or his counsel to everybody right and here he is breaking his own
0: rule right because he's cleared at this point that he definitely has some mutual feelings um yeah so As he, like, leaves, you know, Penny tells him that he should cut it off, which I really thought, like, the big, you know, breakup scene was coming that happens in, like, all these Mm -hmm. movies. But it doesn't, really, to my surprise. I mean, like, at one point— I think that
1: makes this a better movie.
0: Yeah, I mean, I agree. I was, like, pleasantly surprised, you know. Like, I was just—it makes it less predictable, for sure, because you just, like, oh, it's, like, the same old, you know, recipe for these kind of, like— fucking teen heartthrob movies you know they get together have some horrible culling out and then eventually find their way back together but like there wasn't really any of that the
1: reason in my mind that they do that is like yeah start them out and they're not together right so they're like at a five on the happy scale they get together and they're at a seven but then they got a up. that brings them down to a three and then they get back together which brings them up to like a nine so it makes that ending feel so much happier right in comparison to the low point you just went through it's stereotypical formulaic and it's one of the worst things about romantic comedies or romance movies in general, because so many of them feel the need to do it. Yeah. And this one didn't do it. And that makes it better.
0: True. I agree a hundred percent. Um, so this is where he kind of just does leave her for now, like sitting there by the door. Um, we then see like Lisa getting ready and the family is just like hanging out. Um, baby like heads out into the rain again (laughs) just they She says there's charades in the west (laughs) they just love going out in the rain um dad doesn't seem too impressed uh she goes to see johnny at his place so like 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 i said he kind of left her by the door but then eventually in the very next scene she's going to see him anyway it's not like there's any huge um hassle
1: yeah so we get a reveal here johnny talks about how he feels working these jobs and he actually kind of describes how some of the older women or these rich women treat him kind of like a, a piece of meat. They're shoving money into his hands, asking him to go rendezvous in their hotel room or at his place, and how he's he just wants to teach people to dance and make his money. And somehow he's turned into this piece of meat to one degree or another, and he doesn't like the way that makes him feel.
0: Right. And this is sparked by, because they're kind of laying there and she asks him how many women he's had. To which, yes. to which he gets, yeah, like you said, very upset and gives like a perfectly responsible reason as to why he would get upset about a question like that, you know? Because it's like, yes, he's probably been with a lot of women, but at the same time, he's the one that's being used, I guess. Yes. In a sense. Absolutely. yeah.
1: Whereas, stereotypically, the, the his character would be the person using the women and not right. the other way around, right? So, and that makes him more unique yeah we then also find out that her real first name is frances she's named after the first woman who was in a presidential cabinet
0: <laughs> which fits the bill essentially yeah for what she what she you know supposedly wants to do by like becoming you know saving the world but like yeah every vision that her dad had of her it makes sense that she was named of some after something like that um so yeah that's where we get to finally lisa and baby are talking like in their beds at night um you know sh- this is where lisa like reveals she wants to go all the way with robbie which just
1: sounds like yeah. a horrible idea um well and she doesn't know other than the right. one time he got too handsy and she said no other than that she doesn't know the terrible things he's done right
0: and baby like tries to warn her like you know but without actually like saying anything she doesn't want to like rat on people and maybe ruin her situation either uh But just says like, oh, you should be with someone who you love. And she kind of, like, goes off on her own little tangent. Because clearly she's been hooking up with Johnny. So she's in love at this point. Uh, But this is where Lisa, like, reveals, you know, you're just upset that you're, like, not daddy's girl anymore or something. And he listens to me when I talk instead of you. So the Yeah, she knows something
1: is up and she takes the moment to kind of twist the knife a little bit. Right, the
0: roles seem to have switched definitely ever since, you know, her dad caught her hanging out with those people um so the next day we see baby and johnny dancing again um this is important because this neil walks in as they're kind of rubbing up against each other but they kind of separate real quick and neil like makes a joke about how she's getting dancing lessons or something um yeah
1: he says make sure he's get uh giving you the full 30 minutes that you're paying for right so now you know funny she's not really paying him for this time fuck
0: no he's doing it for free uh, this is where Neil comes in. He says he has some ideas for the talent show Uh, and they're going to change up like the final dance to which Johnny gets excited at first because he might have some great ideas on what to do, but Neil basically shuts all of them down and says, you're just going to do what we tell you to do or something like to that degree. Yeah,
1: so they always do that same Mambo number and Johnny is like, hey, I know this really cool Latin rhythm thing, I believe he says, that I've been working on with the other dancers and uh, Neil just says, "No, you're gonna do the pachanga instead." Yeah, you know, Johnny's like, "Oh, that's unexciting."
0: Right. So this is where they he Neil leaves. Baby and Johnny have like a moment where they're talking about oh, She says, "You should have stuck up to him and told him, you know, what you want to fight for." To which Johnny comes back with a pretty good argument about how, like, well, if you're talking about people fighting, like, you, I haven't seen you fight once at all. To like tell your dad that I'm your man and stuff like that, like. And very
1: shortly thereafter, they almost run into him, and she, like, pulls him down, and they duck and hide. Right. So that, the proof is in the pudding. So that
0: she's still, like, afraid to be seen with him, and to him, that's pretty offensive, you know?
1: Right. And this
0: is, like, the yeah. one time where I thought, like, the breakup was coming, because he storms off, but then again, literally, we see them in, together in, like, two seconds, but, you know. Right. It is what it is. Um, so, yeah, so, like... So, whatever oh, go ahead i think this is just where you know she runs off then to like go look for him literally in like the next scene yeah nice. and
1: he, he, she goes to penny's bunkhouse finds penny and asks where johnny yeah. is and penny just very dramatically opens the door and johnny <laughs> is sitting there like fucking crying ha- head in his hands, sort of thing yeah uh before robbie comes running up and johnny obviously takes out some of his anger and frustration with baby out on robbie and beats the living shit out of him right before he hugs and kind of makes up with baby
0: yeah it was pretty one-sided fight i'd guess because i think he made robbie makes a comment too about how he chose like the wrong sister you know i guess i chose the wrong sister to go after Yeah, or he something. says that to baby so like yeah johnny's like that's enough of this fucking guy so he gets the ass kicking you know and he holds back too like he probably could have killed him but
1: well and he gives Robbie a free shot. Like yeah, right. free punch in the face and still beats the ever living shit out of yeah,
0: him. Yeah. It was it was pretty brutal. Um so then anyway, in like the next scene, uh we see people getting ready for the the big talent show. Um this woman named Vivian, who appeared earlier in the movie talking about how her husband's gonna be there in a few days and all he does is gamble and whatever.
1: Yeah, so he's distracted. Yeah. Uh, the husband is, but this is one of the women specifically who repeatedly cheats on her husband with johnny right so she books an evening dance lesson or she's going to book an evening dance lesson with him while her husband is off gambling but johnny says no i'm too busy i can't do the lesson right which the woman you can tell by her face does not take kindly to
0: oh yeah she's definitely very jealous um or pissed you know either way uh yeah i said johnny turns down the money um i said all the while in the background lisa is just singing god yeah because they're practicing for the talent show it's very bad it's very just high-pitched and screechy shrill yes it's very bad um anyway so she says again it's she's decided it's the night to go all the way this is lisa we're talking about with robbie Mm -hmm. um we get a scene of her then like going to his place and of course, opens the door and sees him with the which I didn't catch at first but it was the fucking Vivian girl, right? Yeah. 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 Fucking sleaze ball.
1: Why doesn't Lisa know there was a towel on the doorknob? Oh, no, that stay away. Yep. Yeah. But that's like she's
0: we've kind of got the sense that both these girls may have been pretty naive at least up, and, yeah. up until this trip. So, I mean, I don't don't blame her too much for not knowing the old trick, but the universal sign yeah well i don't know they're pretty sheltered jim you might not know um she's this is like weird she's pissed but then it kind of just cuts away um yeah you don't really get to see her reaction too much to what happened you know
1: yeah the most important thing is that she's obviously not going to hook up right yeah um but we cut to johnny's like bunkhouse and Johnny and Baby are there laying naked. Eventually, she leaves, and Vivian spots her from one of the other from leaving Robbie's place. Yep,
0: and I, you can tell that she's very jealous that she didn't get her night with Johnny Boy. Um, oh. Who doesn't want a night with Johnny? Man, Castle? God, he looks so good in this movie. I miss Patrick I, Swayze.
1: I was reading something. In order to appear younger and thinner, he wore a girdle for the entire movie. Good God.
0: Just like, As someone
1: who was already incredibly physically fit, yeah. he felt the need to try and make himself appear even thinner.
0: Just dedication, man. Dedication to the look. <laughs> Love it. Um, so the next day at breakfast, uh, the housemans are kind of just sitting there eating. Max is talking to him. and he, Max and Neil are just there together, and they're just nonchalantly talking about how these wallets have been getting stolen, and someone had their wallet stolen last night. And it's the slutty lady's husband oh yeah okay that makes sense then and vivian i don't know if they mentioned her but you can probably guess gave them a clue as to it would have been johnny who stole the wallet so
1: yeah they she claimed that johnny walked around the poker table during the match right which we also know that johnny and baby spent the evening together so yeah baby starts to speak up saying that she knows johnny didn't didn't do it but doesn't reveal right away why she knows
0: right so they said they questioned johnny but him again not wanting to throw her under the bus or really himself because he doesn't want to be caught with one of the girls says he was just in his house or his bunkhouse reading which they said there's no books in there um so yeah they're pretty quick to just you know set him up as the suspect and max was like all right neil you ready to go like fire somebody or get used to firing someone it's it's pretty like smoking gun, you know, like quick, yeah. quick judgment. Um,
1: and baby here tries to throw blame on the Schumachers. She says, I saw that old lady at the Sheldrake. No one asks why she was at the Sheldrake. Right. Um, but I saw in her purse, she had a bunch of wallets and they just kind of are like, you can't just accuse people like yeah, that, right. even though that's exactly, exactly
0: what, what they're doing. doing. Um, yeah. So like, this is where she eventually, um, you know, admits to being with him, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. She says, point, I was in his room all night.
0: Yeah. To which, uh, Jake or the dad is none too pleased with yeah. this outcome.
1: Cut, cut to a scene with him sitting in a chair overlooking a lake, contemplating everything he ever knew.
0: Yes. Uh, this is where Baby goes up to him. Um, I'm pretty sure he doesn't say a fucking word this entire no. scene, uh, but she kind of like vents to him, like wants to apologize for not telling him, but at the same time calls him out for being somewhat hypocritical saying they should always try to help people and she believes that um that's exactly what uh johnny kind of wants to do he wants to help people or he's a good guy and give him a chance but he just sits there like just pissed face on his like face the whole time i don't know
1: yeah she starts by saying you told me everyone is alike and deserves a fair break but you meant everyone like you and she ends with, and I love you and I'm sorry I let you down, but you let me down too. Right. Because she's interpreting what he did or what he said is lying to her because he didn't believe that everyone deserved a fair break.
0: Yeah, exactly. So she kind of storms off and he gives like a little like head turn back to like want to say something. But again, like I said, he 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 sticks to his guns pretty fairly well in this scene. Um,
1: See now, and I read it as he's a little bit choked up as maybe he is realizing a little bit. Yeah, but... He, at at you're right, he's still, he's not ready to say that he was wrong
0: yet. Right, because at this point, though, he still believes that Johnny was the father yes. to that kid, so I think that's still weighing in on him at this point, anyway. Right, right. Uh... <laughs> So yeah, this is where then we kind of cut ahead to must be like the next day. Um,
1: Yeah, this is like back at the Naughty Club. Yeah, so Penny or sorry, not Penny,
0: baby just must have slept there for the night at the Naughty Club. Uh, Johnny finds her in there, wakes her up, and tells her that uh, the Schumachers were caught uh they were the ones stealing the wallets um they were wanted in florida and arizona too good god they're making a killing he said over these vacations mm-hmm. man um so she's happy but then he tells her he, he or she realizes he's still losing his job
1: <laughs> yeah and sh- she gets very upset you know shouts off about how she did it all for nothing and it didn't end up mattering Ma- yeah mattering that's the right word yeah <laughs> um And he, he then says, nobody has ever done anything like that for me before and tries to reassure her that she did the right thing. And he really values that,
0: right? Like it's clear that he's bummed about losing his job, but the fact that, yeah, someone would go to bat for him that hard had never happened before in his life. So he was trying to like cheer her up, you know, that way. Um, we get like a quick scene here then where Johnny goes to like visit her dad, uh, it doesn't yeah, he's
1: trying to meet a man to man yeah and, and
0: it, it doesn't go well it does not go well because he immediately like accuses him again of being the father maybe or he says something yeah he says
1: anyone like that who would get their partner in trouble is not a good person right
0: and johnny doesn't even really defend himself he just kind of like is like yep nothing's changed you know all you people are like this and kind of just leaves you know
1: yeah so um And maybe this is the breakup scene that we kind of reference, even though they're not breaking up. Johnny's getting into his cars. Uh, He's been told that if he leaves quietly for the summer, he'll still get his uh, summer bonus. Um, He pulls the car away. And then there's a montage of sad baby.
0: Yeah. This is like the one scene, though, that you get where Lisa... Kind of realizes that baby was right about Robbie the whole time. Um, cause she's mm-hmm. like being really nice to her and like offers to like do her hair really pretty for the talent show or something or for that night, you know? Yeah.
1: Before she finally says, you could look pretty. No, you're prettier your way. Right. It's like the
0: only nice scene that makes sense now, finally, at this point, for them to share with each other. So, cause they're both right. feeling down in the dumps. Uh, so the night of the talent show, um, i said neil is just being even more cringy like introducing the event and like the song yeah, about and they have like Kellerman. this end of
1: season song god it's so bad i but this, this is what i wanted to talk about oh, though, okay here. during this song max is kind of backstage and he's talking with the one of like their band directors because they of course have a live band about how um You you think kids want to come here with their parents to take Foxtrot lessons? Trips to Europe. That's what kids want. 22 countries in three days. It feels like it's all slipping away. And it is the perfect metaphor for how times are changing, kids are growing up, how baby is coming of age from being a child to an adult. Um, It also signifies the growth that, well, we haven't seen the resolution of yet, but the growth that Jake has too. And it's... It's a stupid throwaway line that I think perfectly describes the movie. Right.
0: Oh, 100%. Because it's like the movie is based on, you know, you knowing that people go to certain things like this, like you were talking about. But then the whole movie is set upon, like, basically, you know, attacking that structure or, like, trying to bring down that framework. Not, like, in a bad way, but just challenging it, I guess I should say. You don't have to go along. And the fact
1: that it's changing. Right. As time goes on things change, period. Exactly. You know, the classics do not always stay the classics.
0: For sure. Yeah, I like that. That makes a lot of sense. Um, So that's, yeah, like you said, that's going on, like, this whole time while this terrible, like, Kellerman song is going on. Um, We see Lisa get her big moment. It's a lot better than rehearsal. I'll give her that much. Like, rehearsal was rough, uh, but this was was a little better. Um, We see then uh, Jake or baby's dad going to give robbie just random money for medical school because that's what they were all working for you know building these relationships um robbie accidentally though lets it slip that he thanks him for his situation with penny and then jake realizes that well that this scumbag was the fucking father that left the girl like that yeah fuck that and takes the money right back
1: Robbie digs the hole even deeper. He's like, you know, a girl like that, they'll they're liable to pin it on any guy around, and it's just like, the the man is an absolute piece of trash. Yeah,
0: like just quit, you know. Even while you're down, just don't keep going. Like that was yeah. pretty bad. Um, I wrote the musical ensemble just keeps going um, to where you now, kind of leading off of what Max said, he now jumps in and gives like his little two cents singing you know, orientation to the, to the group. Uh, This is just the scene then where baby's just kind of sitting in the
1: corner. What's coming up. It's important to know if she sits in a corner. Yeah.
0: Just soaking it all in to where we see now, Johnny kind of sneaking in the back door, um, getting greeted by like some of his other buddies, uh, dance people, I guess. Um, The other dirty dancers. Yeah. From the naughty club. Um, (laughs) Walks up to the table and says, nobody puts baby in a corner.
1: There it is! Line of the movie. That's the line, man. And And then he just takes her by the hand and leads her onto the stage. In the middle of the Kellerman song.
0: Still going on. on. And they kind of just get cut off. And they
1: eventually just clear the stage and start fucking running shit. You gotta love it. And there's a good line here that I do want to quote. He says into the microphone, I always do the last dance of the season, but this year somebody told me not to. So I'm going to do my kind of dancing with a great partner who's not only a terrific dancer, but somebody who's taught me to be willing to stand up for other people no matter what it costs them somebody who's taught me about the kind of person i want to be
0: yeah and that essentially sums up the you know their relationship entirely and that's what she saw in him from the beginning which i think makes a lot of sense as to why we t- discussed earlier not to just drag on it too much why there wasn't that like big breakup scene it's like yeah they he was really not like there wasn't really anything he douchey about up. him yeah yeah you know he was truly like a good guy like the whole time so it's just yeah it was nice little come together moment um this is where the time of my life starts playing another great hit and i said they're just really fucking killing it now um Dancing on the it's stage. It's hard to
1: describe the dance because yeah. it's so fucking good.
0: It is. It's like their routine from the first time, but now that she's not making like any mistakes this time around. Yeah.
1: And and it also feels as though she's improvising to one degree or another, showing that she has learned something from him. Right. And it feels much more romantic than it does robotic.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So then I love when Johnny, like, jumps down into the crowd, like, the middle aisle, and he just starts, like, Mm -hmm. jiving his way towards the back, and then once he gets to the back is where he grabs, like, the mob of other dancers, and they kind of, like, follow him back towards the stage, to which then Baby eventually leaps off, runs, and they do the fucking jump. They do the lift. The lift. There you go. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. Came full circle, really. Um, They successfully do the lift. Yeah. Everyone basically starts to dance. Even at one point, Jake or the dad seems very proud. I saw him in the background, like giving a half smile. Um, he eventually like goes up to the two of them at one point and like you know gives them basically his blessing. You know, said she looks great out there, and he was wrong to like judge him. You know, from the beginning or something you know, along those. And terms.
1: reveals that he knows that he didn't get Penny in her situation. Right, right.
0: So that means a lot to the two of them. Um, We kind of get back to the dance floor where a lot of them are, everybody's essentially dancing at this point, even Max, Um, and we see the two of them in the middle, they share a kiss, and the camera kind of turns black, eventually.
1: Yeah, it goes back into that black and white dancing. from the opening credits. I did like that they did that again.
0: Yeah. Not like an entire, like, just blackout, straight to strict scrolling credits, you know, like we normally would get, but
1: Yeah. So that, Do you want to go right into scores? You want to tell your
0: Concludes Dirty Dancing. I will. Um I guess movie is seven. I really like it. I hadn't seen it a hundred percent all the way through. Um I just remember literally sitting there and that opening the first time she goes to the Naughty Club, and I just remember sitting there watching like the people dance, Johnny, like Patrick Swayze, and like the music. I'm like, I just sat there, Jim, and I was like, I fucking like this movie a lot. Yeah. Like the music is great. The performances are so-so. I think, you know, it is what it is. It's kind of, you know, basically just kind of like a, a romantic dance movie. So, I you know, you're not asking for, like, oct- Oscar performances. But it made me miss Patrick Swayze a lot. Now I just want to watch Roadhouse, like, really bad. <laughs> um, but, yeah, 7 out of 10 to me. 7 out of 10 for me, I should say. And, I yeah, some of my pros were just, like, the soundtrack and Patrick Swayze in general. I really liked her. I thought she played a great, like, 19-year-old, like, kid your girl too, you know
1: yeah i i unabashedly love this movie i think it's amazing romance is generally not my genre but somehow this really gets me into it the soundtrack is electric the dance scenes are amazing you know and i think i think the acting is really great too um so i actually give this movie a nine out of ten nice i there is if i see this movie on there is not much that's going to stop me from sitting down to watch it. Mm -hmm. Like if it's on TV and thankfully I own this movie so I can watch it whenever I want. And I do feel like in the last say five years, like, you know, once I've really kind of curated what my taste in movies is, this one ends up popping up more often than not. You know, I really just love this movie. Um, And I think it stands the test of time. I think the story is just as effective now as it was in the eighties. And even though it was set in the sixties.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it does not drag at any point. Like if I don't know, this is probably one of the first. Yeah, you know, I mean I'm. We did a few. We've done a few now. But like, this is what I just from one of the reviews now where like I remember like going through it and say and not never really saying like yeah and it kind of drags on here. Like yeah, we had some training dance montages that are you know it's hard to talk about like everything going on in that. But like yeah, I mean for an hour and forty minute movie, it's it's crisp and everything. You know flows from each scene to the next and like like i said it's i'm probably a little low on my seven um but like i said i I, I don't really have anything bad to say about this movie whatsoever you know
1: i feel like there's no excess scenes (laughs) every scene either is setting up the setting right which early on they need to do or is helping advance somebody's arc and there's like we said kind of three arcs there's like johnny Uh, baby, and her dad are the biggest ones, and I don't think there's a wasted scene in this movie. Right,
0: I couldn't couldn't agree with you more. Like I said, um, seven for me, nine for Jim. It's it's a great
1: movie. It's classic,
0: man. Fucking classic. The reason
1: it still is talked about. Yeah, you know,
0: God, if they ever make a remake, you know what's gonna
1: happen. Well, and they did do the sequel. I haven't seen it, but from what I understand, Dirty Dancing, Havana Nights is garbage. Yeah,
0: I haven't seen it. This is the only one that counts for me. I'm not gonna agreed. Yeah, not gonna look at it. <laughs> but like I said, I mean they did it with fucking what was the other movie similar that they made a
1: remake of Footloose. Footloose. So And I can see it. It'll probably happen. It'll happen at some point. I am mean, gonna elect to ignore that one. Yeah.
0: Well you never know. Well it'll all depend on who they get to play it. Like the two they chose for this, like I'll admit, I don't really know her from much, maybe. If I saw her in something else, i I would I would probably Feel like an idiot, but obviously, Patrick Swayze is great, and it's too bad he lost him too soon. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's just just a great combo for a movie like this. Like, their chemistry was perfect. Like,
1: well, and actually, a fun trivia thing about that they had done a different movie, I forget the title, shortly before this movie, and came out of that movie not getting along. mm. They were unhappy with each other and didn't really want to star opposite one another again. So, they somehow pull it together for their audition and have great chemistry. Then in the early portions of the movie, because it sounds like they filmed this in relatively chronological order, when they're kind of fighting with each other, that was legitimately some tension that was between the two of them. They were not getting along. And so then uh, the director sat them down, showed them the video of their um, audition where they had the great chemistry, and that was what pushed them over the edge to be able to get along to finish the romance for the later scenes of the movie.
0: Nice. Yeah, it's interesting, for sure. This is all the things that you, like, never get to hear about that you know like a lot of things where actors don't get along but somehow still pull it together to create like a great fucking movie like yeah (laughs) so yeah interesting yeah i don't know that you couldn't really tell for sure like the two of them like i said were great on screen together um yeah just a banger this is a great movie in general um but anyway that was the 80s uh jim what do we have coming up
1: Okay, so up next for episode 35, we have the 90s with Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. After that, we have the 2000s, which will be Transformers, Michael Bay Classic. I love that movie. Um, and then for the 2010s, we have The Conjuring.
0: Ooh, can't
1: wait. Cannot yeah, wait. I have a high opinion of that movie. Yes, can't I Can't wait to talk about knew. it. Did I get Hereditary? Well, Scott I give- likes that one too, right? Yeah, did I get Hereditary a 10? I think I did. I think you did. I think that was like your first Well, if, 10, if, if, it's we my, one if it's
0: my favorite movie in a genre, I feel like for me it has to be a 10, right?
1: Right, unless something else comes along. You were the only one to give that a 10. Okay. Scott and I gave it nine.
0: Nines, yeah. But it is my favorite horror movie, Hereditary. But this movie was before the Hereditary took the throne. Conjuring... So this has got to be a 9.9 oh, 9 if we fuck. did decimals. It's so good. I <laughs> love this movie. Because so, it's actually like... That's what I'm get. Like, horror movies, yes, there's some movies that are very terrifying, but, like, also just when you think about it, aren't very good movies. Like, The Conjuring right. and, like, Hereditary, like, the stories and, like, the shit, like, that goes on is actually just good. Like, Alone yeah. is a good movie. So, yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait for these other two, too. Like, very important movies in my life are these three coming up. Oh, yeah. Like, all, th- well, all three of us, you know, whoever's on here, like.
1: Yeah, because i mean obviously for the 80s one none of us were around but for phantom menace that came out in 99 and we were either five or six years old each yep. and i know that i was watching star wars at that time and i saw the rest of these as they came out you know so these were formative movies for us in right. terms of our age at the time
0: oh for sure like 99 you know granted being five or six years old I maybe mean, i don't remember too much but i remember these being like a huge deal like yeah. It made me not as well introduced the original trilogy yet, but, like, the fact that I just knew that hype about a more st- another Star Wars trilogy coming out, like, at the time, like, I'm like, holy shit, this is supposed to be, like, a big deal. And, like, I, these movies played a huge role in my childhood. And then Transformers, well, fuck,
1: 2007. Who doesn't fucking love Transformers? And we were at an age at that point where, like, it was fucking cool. Like, they're doing this in CG, it's gonna be live action, you know, right. and I, I mean there there were obviously other things that had done similar things but for some reason it felt like this was bigger and better and obviously like we'll get into the discussion on that about why it both was and was not good yeah
0: i mean we're 13 and 14 years old and and megan fox looks fucking awesome in that movie just saying so
1: like like i
0: said very important movies in my life um can't wait a lot of exciting stuff coming up um for sure Anyway, Jim, where can the good people reach us?
1: So on the internet, you can find us at weave underscore scene underscore that. You can like us on Facebook or email us at seen that podcast at gmail.com. That's S-C-E-N-E, that podcast at gmail.com.
0: Perfect. Thank you, people, for listening to the 34th episode of the We've Seen That Podcast. I'm Anthony. And I'm
1: Jim. And roll credits.